fans, I think, can sense it right now. To go inbound to Weatherspoon with one. Weatherspoon puts up the three. It's no good! The Liberty Flames are still dancing. Hand the flame to the biggest victory in school history. Georgia to inbound, gets to the AC. Deep three, pull up. He makes it Larry Blair reverse way up, up and in, and he's fouled. Man, you talk about the degree of difficulty. With two, Georgie at the buzzer. Got it! He got it! Darius McGee, a game for the ages. And Liberty wins four games in the Big South Tournament to take home the 2013 crown. Look at Bio Baxter Bell. 25 for Colin Porter. Holmes lead. Splash. Shiloh Robinson with an effort play. And Liberty keeps on coming. A huge basket by Kyle Rowe. Got it! Pacheco with the three. Liberty, put your dancing shoes on. Well, hey, what's going on? Welcome to the AC of Red podcast, the basketball edition presented by Jason Porter Real Estate. My guy, Will Matthews, how we doing? Good, man. Just enjoying the golden era of everything Liberty right now. Football's on a roll. Basketball, getting on a roll. Everything's working out great. I love it. I love it. Yeah, uh, good time to be a Liberty sports fan. Uh you know, Will, last week was so – it was fun, but it was kind of we, – we we had to really, you know, hammer through because we had so many awesome guests. I want to ask you, how's your week going? How's life treating you? I didn't feel like we got enough time to really dissect what I think the people really want to know about. <laughs> it's been a pretty busy week for me. I was at a conference a little bit this week and <clears throat> just had some uh, some ministry – ministry things pop up in the church. And so it's been a pretty busy week, but yesterday got a, a chance to sit down, watch some, um, some football. Um, Thursday, got a chance to watch a little bit of the game. And I don't know if you saw this on Twitter, but our, our guy, Chad, um, sent me a FaceTime and lo and behold, I open it up and it is, and I'm going to say what I say here. And I stand by my comment, the greatest single basketball player in Liberty University history, Larry Blair, right there on my FaceTime. My week was made. It was maybe one of the greatest weeks of my life. And I have three kids and I'm putting that up there with that. <laughs> Hopefully the kids are in bed. Uh... <laughs> Larry legend. Yeah, we'll talk more. Chad's going to join us later on in the show. Talk more about that experience down at Charlotte. Uh, we'll talk about that game uh, and uh, the other game that we'll talk about for about three seconds. Uh, but before <laughs> we do that, uh, we want to uh, tell you about our friends at Ironclad Coffee. Virginia's best and most flames-friendly coffee comes from Ironclad Coffee Roasters. Ironclad Roasters serves up their beautiful beans at two cafes in Richmond, where you can enjoy their craft roasted specialty beans from anywhere in the country by visiting www.ironcladcoffee.com. Place your order there, and it will be directly shipped to your doorstep. Whenever you find yourself in the capital of the Commonwealth, pay them a visit at one of the two cafes in the Richmond area. 
Ironclass owners, the O'Rourke family, are proud Flames Club members and season ticket holders. And now they'll please sponsor the podcast from CRA. Hop over to www.ironcladcoffee.com now to get your Virginia's best specialty coffee headed your way. All right, thanks to our friends at Ironclad Coffee. I'm supposed to have some being shipped my way so I can give you a full and honest review. Uh, I've just heard nothing but great things. You have partaken in the Ironclad communion. Is that correct, Will? Um, I have. It's wonderful. This is not Ironclad, unfortunately. This is a little bit lower echelon in Duncan right here, but Ironclad is where it's at. Well, it's great that you brought that up, Will, because I was told that you can order Ironclad coffee online and have it shipped to you. So you don't have to, to drive, you know, an hour to get it. You can have it shipped to you. The, the best beans out there. So uh, be sure to check out Ironclad coffee. In all seriousness, it's wonderful to have uh, companies like that that support Liberty Athletics. So we definitely want to support them. They are the official coffee of Liberty basketball, as I saw. All right, let's run through these games because uh, we did have some actual basketball action this week. Uh, Liberty opened up with a 104-43 win over Mid-Atlantic Christian. Uh, Brody Peebles scored 20 in this game. Really cool to see Brody uh, coming in and um, uh, being very aggressive. Xander Yates had a nice debut with 10 points. Zach Cleveland, uh, 13 points as well. Uh, the intro- I think the most interesting thing about this game was our guy Kyle Rode only played 10 minutes, and you better believe that's on my list of questions if there was anything strategic <laughs> to that. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, we won't spend a lot of time on this one because I don't think many of you came to uh, give our full and honest opinion of the Mid-Atlantic Christian game. I think you want to hear a little bit more about Liberty's really impressive 71-59 win over uh, Charlotte, this was a game Ken Palm only predicted Liberty to win by three. So you, when you win by 12, that's a very, a very good thing. Our guy Kyle Rode was absolutely outstanding in this game. Um, uh, shot the ball a lot, which was cool to see that that kind of was willing to, um, you know, take the shots when, when it's needed to be there. Well, what was your thoughts on this win? Other than Larry Blair, we'll talk more about Larry later. Yeah, wonderful win. One of my questions for Kyle is going to be, what is it like when you go uh, against, um, there's Ray bringing in the Ric Flair style, love it. Um, what is it like to go from a team like Mid-Atlantic to a more formidable opponent in Charlotte? I, I think those games are always interesting. Uh, we saw a little bit in the last couple of years, we've seen kind of uh, scheduling a little bit like that. Um, but all around, just fun to watch. Fun to watch them on the Charlotte Hornets uh, court, um, first of all. But then just the way that that everybody played, and um, they it looked like there was the the chemistry was already locked in on this team. Yeah, I was really a little. I don't know if concerns the right word, but Charlotte's a huge team. They have four guys that are over six ten yeah. that that have played in their game before. And it didn't feel like that really impacted uh, Liberty at all. It felt like Liberty was able to do whatever they wanted on offense, able to run their crisp offense. Now, look, some of that might be Charlotte's got a lot of new players, a lot of transfers. might be them learning defensively. So if you saw Charlotte later in the year, and I know Richard McKay said that uh, during the postgame as well, said, I bet that Charlotte team later in the year is going to be a lot tougher, and that makes sense. But, hey, you got you to capitalize on these games when you have them, when you have a team that's maybe not there and, 
it was just a dominate performance from um, um, from start to finish. Brody Peebles, again, really looks like a guy that, that could just come off the bench. He just gave you some buckets. Um, and he played really, really well throughout. And then Joseph Vinzant, he just quietly, he, he quietly uh, has these really nice games. He's rebounding really well. I think coming into today, he's actually third in Conference USA in rebounds so far. Uh, so uh, that's just such an underrated, I think, piece of his game is, you know, from his spot, how well he's able to rebound the ball. Yeah, I could be wrong, uh, but the the head coach for Charlotte, um, am I right in hearing that maybe he came from the, the Tony Bennett coaching tree? Have you heard anything about that, or maybe am I thinking about somebody else? Well, I don't know the actual coach. So the 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 coach that Charlotte had last year, Charlotte, I think, won the CBI or one of those tournaments mm-hmm. last year. He left. He pulled a Richie McKay. And he, uh-huh. left, he left and went to Virginia uh, to be uh, under Tony Bennett. So I don't okay. know if the guy that replaced him was already on staff there because it was okay. so it was so late in the season. I don't know if he also is one of the uh, UVA disciples. Um, I'm not sure on that, but uh, – but there, there is a UVA connection there. Yeah, and then, and then, uh, uh, their assistant coach was obviously at Liberty too. So there was probably some famili- familiarity there. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, just uh, yeah. I mean, a really nice win. This was a game. I, I really wasn't sure what to expect, and I, you know, I thought Liberty uh, uh, played really well. We'll talk a little bit more with, um, uh, with with our guy Chad Hassan, um, on this one. But I did want to kind of real quick. Uh, before we get to uh, Kyle Road, um, I wanted to uh, talk about Conference USA just a little bit, kind of just give you kind of a rundown of, of kind of um, how things are looking so far. Um, so Liberty uh, has moved up, I believe, nine spots already in Ken Palm. Uh, so off to a you know really good start, even with only one game that counts in that. Uh, the, uh, Middle Tennessee, they've been really impressive. Uh, they blew out Northern Kentucky. That was the team that was uh, predicted to win the Horizon. They also beat Stephen F. Austin. They were picked second in the WAC. So uh, Middle Tennessee looks um, um, looks like they're going to be a really good challenge. I think for Liberty, um, they they are they're they're starting off with a really nice schedule. They get to open up with five games at home, but two of their next three are against uh, um, top one hundred and fifty Western Carolina, and then UAB UAB earlier today. Uh, beat Maryland. Um, a couple other teams here, just kind of run through the 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 rest of Conference USA. Uh, Louisiana Tech, uh, they started their season at Colorado State uh, on opening night. They actually uh, led the game with 10 minutes left. Did come up short. Isaiah Crawford, he's the preseason player of the year in the conference. Uh, he only played 12 minutes. He's in foul trouble. And then they're also, we talked with Rocco Miller about this, they're um, still waiting on a waiver appeal for their 6'11 transfer um, from Texas Tech, Daniel Bacho. So uh, Louisiana Tech also, um, you know, they, they look they look pretty good at, for at least the first 30 minutes on Monday. Um, running through the rest of the teams, UTEP, they haven't played a D1 team yet, so not really going to spend a whole lot of time talking about them. But they will have a good challenge tomorrow against UC Santa Barbara. Uh, Sam Houston, they were actually playing earlier today, hung with Oklahoma State for a while. Um, but they fell. They do have a nice uh, win at uh, Pacific. That's a top 175 team. And then they lost another OT game um, to Utah Valley. Uh, Western Kentucky lost by 10 at Wichita in their only Division One game. Uh, New Mexico State, hard to really get a read on them. 
Uh, they played two top 100 teams on the road in Kentucky. Um, one of them uh, both blowout losses. Uh, Jacksonville State, they blew a late lead and lost in overtime to Utah Tech. That was their only D1 game so far. The guy that I keep I've mentioning just because I yeah I know him a little bit from being from Cincinnati. Kiki Tandy, 23 points. Looks like he's going to be a really, really uh, good offensive player in this league. And then FIU, they are holding up the uh, the bottom of the league. They got boat raced at home to Tarleton State in their last game. So that's kind of a CUSA rundown. Uh, I'm having a great time just trying to follow these games on a nightly basis, kind of get a feel for this league. Real quick, uh, Will, before we get to Kyle Road, um, I know you got a lot more responsibilities than me, and you're uh, uh, you, you know you're 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 spending more time in the Word than in Conference USA, like myself. But <laughs> <laughs> any uh, any thoughts on Conference USA so far? Yeah, I mean, just looking at this, I mean, I know it's very early in the season, and you can look at this and there's not really much that you can really take away from it except for just the starting point. But there's such a wide gap between number one, Liberty, and number nine, FIU. But then all of those right there in the middle um, are all just kind of bunched up. And um, it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. Of course, I know things will change when conference play starts. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's kind of, you know, Middle Tennessee, as you mentioned, um, are looking very good, and I think they were, you know, top three or four in preseason. Um, uh, number two, maybe I, I can't remember, but uh, as far as the 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 poll that they take uh, for bef before the season begins, and um, you know, I look at that. I just it's so fun to see all of these teams and not see like Stetson and uh, North Alabama, um, you know, yeah. and some of those teams. Like it's it's just a just looking at it, it looks like it's much more competitive, you know, is than what we're used to. As someone who very much enjoys Ken Palm, it's nice to not see any threes uh, in front of those numbers because uh, yeah. those are those are the killers. You you can't win when you play those games. Like you go and you you beat a team that's ranked three hundred twentieth by twenty points, and you go down. Like it's it's you know. So th these are, are are you know better competition for for uh, for that kind of stuff. All right. Should we bring in Mr. Kyle Road? Let's do it. All right. Joined now by Kyle Road, fresh off a incredible performance against Charlotte. Kyle, how you feeling? I feel great, man. Always good to be back on the podcast, and especially after a win, it makes it, it makes it a little sweeter. <laughs> Well, we're, we were trying to, you know, mix up and, and give some other guys some opportunities to come on the podcast. But then you go and you drop 20, you, your lights off from three. I was like, well, we got to have Kyle on after that game. What was the uh, what was the atmosphere like in in uh, in Charlotte getting to play in an NBA arena? Yeah, we've uh, we've got to play there before. And um, those Hall of Fame classes, man, you always play a really good mid-major. And uh, we have in the past. So uh, it was awesome to be in NBA arena and having Virginia Virginia after us. Um, in Virginia Tech later, there was a lot more fans uh, that trickled in uh, kind of in that second half early or late first half. So that was cool, too, because um, those games can be pretty empty sometimes, especially when you're the first one. But uh, atmosphere was great. Thought our team brought um, amazing energy. Uh, and I really feel like it started with our bench, like our bench had a had great juice from the start. Hey, talk about the difference uh, 
between I know Liberty has great facilities, um, but what's the level up when you go to the Spectrum Center and you're in an NBA locker room back there? What what is the difference there? What is that like? Uh, I think it might be crazy, but like Liberty's is better, man. Like I oh, know the, the size of the Spectrum Center, and we're obviously in a guest locker room, right? So it's like yeah. you're not Hornets Hornets locker room, but um, Liberty's facilities are. Everything you'd see at the Spectrum Center just probably instead of 15,000 seats, it's whatever Liberty Arena holds. So, um, but from an atmosphere standpoint, uh, it was really cool. Neutral neutral games are always really fun, especially when you play a quality opponent. So, uh, it, it was really neat. All right. So, I, I got to ask you, Kyle. So, game one, you only played 10 minutes. Was that was that strategic? Is that are you are you on load management this early in the year? No, not at all. I was, it's just how it goes, man. You know how those, um, some non ones, uh, we obviously take them super serious and, and felt like we did a good enough job, um, early in that second half to where, uh, we would honor some of the guys that maybe don't get to play as much and, uh, was all for, for them getting, um, as many minutes as possible. So, uh, the 10 minutes, I would play 40 every game if I could, but, uh, it was, it was great. And, uh, I didn't even know I played 10 minutes until you guys said it. So that was, that was cool. I just figured Kyle went in there and said, Hey coach, I got just 10 minutes tonight, just 10 minutes. That's all I want to do. You know, uh, Hey, uh, Kyle, talk about Xander Yates a little bit. Um, you know, he had a, a really good game and, and some of sometimes, you know, watching these games against, uh, some of these teams like mid Atlantic, it's especially at the beginning of the season. It's fun to get to see new guys that, that we are not used to and that we want to root for, um, Xander had a great game. Can you talk about his game a little bit and kind of how you see him developing? Yeah, he's been a, he's been a great fit for us. I think um, when you're at a high level like he was at Creighton, uh, and anytime you get um, a guy that's been in a program like that and coming to your program, you know um, he's a really really good basketball player. Um, he's just such a great guy too. Like he's been he's been awesome to have on and off the court. To see him have a great first uh, game in front of uh, Liberty Arena was awesome. We had so many guys, man, that put so many deposits in um, day in and day out. So it was really cool uh, to see those guys perform well. So, Kyle, uh, Charlotte had some crazy size. Uh, I believe four guys in the game before that you guys had played them are over 6'10 that had played. But it didn't really seem like it, it impacted you guys. You were able to run your stuff offensively. What were you guys able to do that was able to have so much success against that size? Yeah, I mean, they have probably the most height that we'll probably see all year from a from a front court standpoint. So uh, we knew we just wanted to make it as tough as we could um, defensively and then offensively the same thing. Just um, try to put them in as many effective actions uh, offensively to make it make it harder on them to to guard and and use our quickness and some some things like that. So thought we did a really good job executing that. And and you just got it's a game where you get just gotta fight and contest and do it do your job and uh, on that night i thought we did a really really good job of that kyle i loved watching your intensity in the game when you made a couple of big shots there you were you know like the let's go you know um but i i love watching that was it getting a little chippy there at, at times in the game was there some frustration on charlotte's part that you guys were locking them down a little bit 
Oh, not at all, man. I just think, um, like I was saying in those neutral games, it can kind of be uh, not quiet, but it's just like you have to create your own energy. So um, kind of felt like that's what our team needed. So, uh, but our bench, man, they do an unbelievable job of, of keeping us juiced. And, and uh, it was it was a lot of fun when you can make some key plays and and uh, help your team win. So it, it was a lot, of, a lot of fun. All right. So next up, you have got uh, the Myrtle Beach Invitational uh, opening up against uh, Furman. And I tell you what, I, the more I was doing research today, I was like, wow, this Liberty Fur- Furman game is a really, really good game. Uh, I probably, I mean, maybe I'm biased. Like it's going to be the best game of the entire tournament, and, and it's leading off. Uh, what's your thoughts on this uh, this Furman team? Yeah, I think we started prepping for them a little bit today. Just have an unbelievable respect for um, for their culture and for what they do, I feel like. Um, programs like us, we have an expectation, whatever event we're in to win. So uh, I feel like it's going to be two great teams and I'm just super excited to keep prepping for them the next few days. Um, We have, this is probably the most prep time we'll get for a game in this tournament because you know how these things go. You get 20 hours to memorize the scout after this for Coastal or Wichita State. And then it's almost like a simulation of what a conference tournament could be like too. So it's great practice for that. Um, and just super excited for the opportunity to play, play a great team. Do you like, do you like these neutral game tournaments? I know you guys played in Cancun and Myrtle beach is definitely not Cancun. We call it the redneck Riviera down here, but, uh, you know, do you, do you like these, um, neutral court games like that? Um, and you know, what do you guys get a, a chance to have some free time in Myrtle beach? What do you guys do? Do you go like walk down the boardwalk or, or what's going on with the team? I've actually never been to Myrtle Beach um, for okay. the first time. But wow. uh, these these events, man, you don't really get a play. It kind of brings you back almost back to AU days um, mm-hmm. where you're playing really, really good competition in a short span. So uh, Coach McCase, make sure we know we're super locked in um, on and off the court. So a lot of times it's game, shoot around the next morning, film, game. So there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of uh, relaxation time. I think we get one day off maybe in this one. So it'll probably be kind of a lighter practice day um, and maybe just hang out uh, with the guys a little bit. But uh, no, these events are awesome. And we've played in some super cool ones since I've been at Liberty. Uh, the field almost reminds me of uh, that Hawaii tournament a couple of years ago when we had to open up with Northern Iowa and they were really, really good off the bat. So um, just when you play in these kind of events and even Northwestern last year in Cancun or, or one of those, one of those events. So I love playing in these and it'll be a but it'd be a fun week. Uh Kyle, I was uh well first off, if you need any advice on winning a tournament in, in Myrtle Beach at Coastal Carolinas Arena, call up <laughs> our guy Joel Vanderpool and he'll walk you through what you need to do for that. Now, but I did want to ask you, what's what's your favorite uh of these uh uh Thanksgiving Christmas tournaments that you've been a part of so far? <sighs> Um, that's a great question, man. I think, I think all of them have been unique because they've been at different times, like playing on Hawaii on Christmas day was, was an experience and just like the travel with that back. Uh, my freshman year, the Bahamas one was, uh, the first one that I was experienced at Liberty and, uh, with that team, that was just unbelievable. Um, but no, they're all different. They're all different. So but probably Bahamas, Bahamas won my freshman year. The resort was amazing. Talent and team was so fun, and, and we that, got a big is that, win. Is that the the Morgan State Rice 
Kansas City one. Yep, yep. Oh yeah, I remember, I remember that on the yeah the that was screen on that was Sport. like shaky and oh, yeah. it, it was not a pleasant experience on our end. Although you guys won all the games, so that yeah. was exciting. Man, it was so funny. The the pregame like playlist was just like clapping, and then they would literally say the word music. So like we were laughing <laughs> yeah, for weeks, dude. We were just like music. Like that's all it was. It was so funny. Was that the first time you had played basketball in a hotel? Uh, yeah, it was probably the first time because it was just a ballroom, but I played in like convention centers before where mm -hmm. there's even some lower ceilings, but never in just like a ballroom. <laughs> so that was, that was different. It's like his fourth game here. He's playing in that. And th th now you're playing at the Charlotte Hornets arena. How about yeah, that? Yeah, I know. I literally a week later, I think, or two weeks later, we played in the Phoenix Suns arena against GCU. So that was that was another Hall of Fame one. That was really cool. Awesome. Well, very cool, Kyle. Well, hey, really looking forward to this tournament. Uh, I think it's going to be it's just a really fun tournament because I, I I like that it's not you're playing a you know a ton of like super high major teams. I like that these teams are all uh, you know teams that are kind of you know in 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 with where Liberty's at and and other a lot of other mid majors and uh, just really excited for this tournament. Best of luck this week. Thanks, man. Really appreciate you guys. All right. Well, thanks as always to Kyle Road. Let's take a quick word from our sponsor, Jason Porter. Well, hey, everybody. My name is Jason Porter. I'm with Legacy Realty and Development, and it's been a, a great partnership here with Sea of Red lately. Uh, I was with Liberty Athletics as the Associate Athletic Director for Sports Medicine, so took care of all of the uh, healthcare needs and coordinated that with a fantastic staff at Liberty um, in the athletic department, of course, for about uh, five or six years and then uh, moved into real estate full-time and uh, with legacy realty and development and uh, it's just been a great pleasure to continue to stay connected with my liberty university uh, family and the athletics family as well been enjoying serving them uh, a lot of the um, graduate assistants and some of the staff that i hired has come back now and has uh, been using me for residential services which i really appreciate but certainly do residential real estate as far as buying and selling of homes of course and then also uh, we have a strong commercial presence as well. So commercial real estate, um, obviously very, very different animal than is residential, but uh, whether it's buying and selling commercial uh, properties or uh, just the leasing of properties, we can help with that as well. So it's uh, been a great uh, opportunity to service our commercial clients as well. And then certainly on the investment front too, a number of um, folks who have discovered the power of passive income through real estate and investing in real estate with rental properties or fix and flips, those kind of things. And so great joy to um, to serve my clients in that capacity as well. The uh, other thing that I would add too is just a very, very full Rolodex at this point of contractors and subs and just different professional contacts that I've made through the years. So if I can ever provide any of those folks to you and all of a sudden you need a plumber or an electrician or a contractor to build your deck, whatever, I'd certainly be glad to give you access to that Rolodex and those references as well. Because a lot of times it's not exactly who you know, it's uh, who you know that knows how to do the job well. And so I would be glad to provide those services for you as well. So love Flames Nation, love taking care of um, my Liberty uh, family. And if there's ever anything I can do for you, my contact information is all right here on the screen. And I would love to be uh, a service to you and yours. Thanks so much. There he is. There he is. What's up, guys? It's our guy, Chad Hassett. Chad, what's going on, brother? Oh, um, you know, just uh, 
living the life of going down to Charlotte on Friday, watching several games down there, and then uh, hustling back to be at a tailgate by 9.30 on Saturday morning. And, uh, yeah, it wore me out, but it was a great weekend fanning the flames. And, uh, yeah, got some awesome pictures here. Um, man, Larry was so cool. I, I, Will, I heard you talk about it earlier. He was so cool. He he loved that people knew who he was and that were like kind of giving him props for what he did at Liberty. And he was doing it in such a, he was so kind to everybody that came up. Like if you walked up to him with your phone, he would like get up and like make room for the picture before you even got to him. It was so cool. And uh, he had great things to say about Darius and was really kind with my son. And uh, yeah, it was overall a fantastic experience. Um, I will correct Kyle a little bit and say that it's not like the Liberty arena. Uh, just in, in terms of everything from like the locker room, the tunnel that they run out of had buzz city written on it. The screens in there were bigger than my house. They had like a couple of screens that were just huge. Uh, and then they had even the screens underneath of the main screens for people sitting down really low. Uh, they were bigger than the screens in Liberty arena, just the sub screens. Um, what else? Oh, the media room. The media room had an interview room. It had a cafeteria. Uh, it had like multiple workstations and uh, a locker room for the media. So like it, it was a whole another level. It was really cool. So uh, yeah, it was really awesome to be there. And uh, they treated it like an NBA game. Uh, I heard them talking about with um, security and, and just how everything flowed. So it was cool. Like you're sitting there and there's like, 10 security guards sitting there staring back at you, you know, cause they're protecting the court. So pretty fun experience. I thought. And you're making Will's dreams come true. <laughs> yeah. I mean that, like I was almost speechless. Um, when I like opened up my phone and Larry Blair was there. Um, yeah, that was like, awesome. Yeah. Like well, as, as he saw me FaceTiming and looking at him, he like stands up, comes all the way over out of his eye. He knew exactly what I was doing. And uh, he was just, he was that uh, cognizant of what was going on. And, uh, you know, I, I'm sure you guys saw, I tweeted it out, but they picked him later to play in a, ha a timeout game. It was like, you make a layup, a free throw and a three pointer. And he like went out there and just made them all look so easy. And Will, I, I mean, dude, I had so many flashbacks when, when he shot the ball like even his form and everything, it just like it threw me back so hard to back in uh, to back in the Vine Center. It was so cool, and uh, I was that was probably the highlight of the whole trip, other than a big win. Was that completely random? That they they had, did they have no idea that they had no idea they were picking fans all day, and he he was wearing his old Liberty jersey, so I guess they just thought he was a random fan. He goes out there, and uh, he had Jordans on and everything, and he just looked like looked the part. So. Um, no, it was random. And, and what you couldn't see in the video is on the other side of the court. They, I was there for probably five of these events and not one person made the layup, the free throw or, and the three pointer. Um, it was a race against each other and you only had 30 seconds to do it. Larry's the first one to made all three and he made them all at three in like 10 seconds. So the guy on the other end of the court got smoked and nobody <laughs> saw it coming. Chad, what did you think about this overall performance? Because I, I was, I was very impressed. I, I thought that this would probably be a, a more competitive game, and Liberty just really start to finish. Just, I wouldn't say like dominated, but just completely controlled this game, and it, it was never really in doubt. 
Yeah, I uh, I have so much to, to talk about. This game kind of changed the way I viewed basketball in general and life in general. It kind of shook everything. <laughs> with My mom went to the game with me, which was really cool. She's a big basketball fan, grew up, you know, like grew up her dad's were dad and brothers were coaches. So she's always been into the game. And uh, so it was, it was cool to talk to her on the way home and unpack all of this. Here's, here's the main idea is like the phrase is we look bad off the bus and that's, that's no <laughs> shot at our guys, but we do, we look bad off the bus. I actually got a video of the team getting off the bus and, you know, we got Shiloh and, and uh, a few other tall guys, but and then, you know, when they call our starting lineup, you can hear it. You can you can hear it in the arena. When they call Colin first and then Caden second, you can start hearing the like what was what, what these guys? And so we look bad off the bus. And uh, but then we get out there and you know, they have a they have two like a seven footer, six eleven guy, and three six ten guys, and they just dwarf us, like all of us, our entire roster. We got Shiloh trying to play against a seven footer who's just a beast. And I guess what I realized was you guys remember the NBA playoffs, like whenever like Shaq would get the ball in the post and they'd play that dung, dung, you know, that backup music. There was none of that going on in the arena. Like the game has changed completely. If you can defend, you can create and you can shoot the three. And that's what me and my mom talked about all the way home was like, all right, so if you have 30 – Nick, this is a question for you. Is like how many possessions do they have in the first half? If you shoot more threes and you shoot 40%, that's so much better than shooting 50 to 60% from two-point range. So it's like what at what point is that crossover where you have to shoot? But the game has changed. We looked terrible getting off the bus. and uh, But when the game – when the lights came on, Caden Matheny can go. Like he can go. He can create for others. He doesn't force anything. Colin is going to be our best player throughout the year consistently, in my opinion. He creates for other people. Colin also very underrated. I think he's our second best defender on the team. Uh, like he's just studly. They hit him in the chest and he just doesn't move. Like he's he's low to the ground, but he can stop penetration. Like nobody's getting in the paint if Colin is guarding them. And he can test shots well because of his timing. Um, and then you got Kyle obviously knocking down Brody's sh- release is so much quicker than it was last year. He's worked on that a ton this summer. So seeing Brody be able to get his shot off and, and make a bunch of them, we just have completely different than the ball we played last year. Love Darius. Think Darius is the best to ever do it. No, no, no offense, Larry, but, uh, Darius did it in a highly efficient and difficult looking way. But I love that we have four guys that can kind of create on any given night. And I would take Darius back in a heartbeat, but I'm very excited for this brand of basketball as well. It's just totally different. And uh, it showed. I mean, it showed that we had four or five guys that and, – and they would kind of run their offense through one or two. And ours was just basically like, all right, what are they giving us? Um, I know I'm, I'm talking a lot, but I think the key to the game, and Coach mentioned it a little bit in his press conference, was – that seven footer also had to guard one of our guys and they had him on Zach Cleveland and Zach would just get the ball and they would ISO Zach at the half court line and Zach could create for others. It was just like, okay, if we can survive the post up moves and we did, we contested, we made it tough for him. If they ever started dribbling, we double team and try to strip it. But if we could survive down there, 
Uh, then we get to the offensive end, and it's like they stand no chance because, you know, that guy has to come out on the perimeter and guard somebody. And that just never – it just doesn't go well. You can't lay off of Zach Cleveland at the three-point line. So, uh, all in all, I think that the brand of basketball we play is more modern and uh, just feels like the whole game has changed, uh, especially when you see our backcourt two five nine guys. You're like, wait, basketball used to be about height, and height was height and athleticism used to be king in basketball. Now it's, hey, can you shoot a three and play defense? So um, I loved it. It was a lot of fun, and I really got excited about our potential for the rest of the season. Is your mom feeding you all this right now? Is she in your ear? Yeah, I took notes, honestly. I, yes, yes, she is. <laughs> I think we need to get your mom on the show. You Nick, do. can you make she that is. happen? Yeah. Her, her and Kirby would go round and round, and she's an old-school basketball. Uh, she, she's not as progressive with the shoot-the-three ball, but uh, I think she kind of changed her philosophy. This, this game did it to her, too. Yeah, winning them over one at a time. <laughs> no, you, you made a good point. I mean – the way to get those big guys off the floor is you, you sh- everyone on your your lineup can can shoot the three ball, uh, and, and I know that's why Coach McKay wants every single guy that he has to be able to shoot the three because you don't have you force the other team to have to play smaller. Um, but yeah, I, I I was so impressed with with Kyle. I know we just had him on. I'm not trying just to to toot the guy's horn that that came on our show, but he looks like he's he's really ready to take that. I don't want to say leap because he's been so good for four years, but I I feel like there's maybe a, another level here that that he can really get to this year. Yeah, we do Kyle a disservice uh, in some ways by talking about his leadership and all of his intangibles and what he adds to the team, and it's phenomenal. Like every play, every timeout, every play, and it's not like the rah rah re where the guys are rolling their eyes. They're like, oh yeah, they call him Cap. They're like, yeah, Cap, because he's their captain. They get into it, and he is a phenomenal leader. But we do him a disservice when we talk about that stuff all the time because the guy, like, he can play. He can play. He can guard. He can rebound. His passing ability, uh, he's not a point guard, and Colin's really good at passing as well. But Kyle, some of the passes he threw threw tonight, uh, I mean, on Saturday, I remember a backdoor pass to Brody specifically. Like, there's not many people on the roster that are going to attempt that. Kyle's a phenomenal passer, and then he saw what he did from the three-point line, and it's not even – it doesn't even have to be – he's not like a, a Bruce Bowen in the corner. Yeah, I'll knock it down if I'm open. He's taking contested shots now, and it almost felt like, you know, last year at the end of the season and then at the beginning of this season, Kyle's never played without Darius, okay? He's never played without Darius, and it's almost like it's his time now, and it's his team, and he's going to be the aggressor. Uh, I saw your graphic earlier. What was it? Uh, high volume road. I love that. And I think he's embracing that because he, he understands that he's got one year and, and uh, he is a great leader. I'm not trying to say he's not, I'm just saying that like, we can't talk about that all season because that's what coach McKay would do because you know, he, he is phenomenal. He adds that, but the guy is a phenomenal basketball player. And I, I do think he can be our leading, leading scorer and uh, leading assist man, maybe. Yeah, I think it's a great point. You know, you look through like his numbers, like this guy's been an incredible three point shooter every year that he's been here. He's been above yeah. average every year. He didn't have this is his fifth year. He didn't have one year where he was kind of, ah, he was okay. I mean, he's been above average every year. He's been super efficient. 
And, and now it's can you take that to you know more of a, a higher volume when it's when it's needed. But yeah, I I I, I agree. I don't think we've done him enough uh, enough justice with that and, and his his capabilities offensively. Um, any other op? Any the thing that the thing that stood out to me about this game was just I thought Liberty rebounded really well for their size, like Joseph Vincent, man. That I cannot believe some of the the rebounds he's able to pull down. Yeah, I mean, like tip backs too. Like it's not just like, hey, grab the defense. It's like tip backs where it's like, you know, he uses his athleticism so well. He's got a great wingspan. His timing is impeccable, uh, but it's his desire too that is out there that is like off the charts. His just, I mean, he has the go get it mentality. But the other thing is just he just is in the right place at the right time all the time. Like he's seen so many shots come off the rim. He knows exactly if they're going to hit high and like come close to the rim or they're going to hit and go long. Like just watching him move towards the basket when there's a ball in the air, he, he's, he's a, he is a savant at that. And, uh, I mean, I look down halfway through the game. Again, my mom, she wants to know the box score. So I'm telling her, I'm like, uh, Joseph's leading the team with six rebounds. She's like – yeah, and three of those were putbacks. So, like, I was like, man, he is uh, – yeah, I would say – I tweeted it out. He is probably the best rebounding guard I've ever seen. I can't think of another two-guard, you know, that is his size that rebounds the ball as well. He's uh, on both sides. Like, he's not just a cherry-picking offensive rebounder. He's not just, a, you know, on both sides of the ball. If he doesn't get the rebound on defense, we're struggling. Like, we have to have his defensive rebounding – because of the style we play, you only give them one shot, and it's all about getting that rebound. And Joseph embraced that, and he, he's a phenomenal rebounder. So we all knew he was a great defender. Last year he showed a lot of his rebounding, but this year I think he could lead the team in rebounding at six foot three from the two-guard position, So, which would be crazy. And uh, another added uh, you know, tool in his tool belt as to why he's playing so many minutes. I mean, he's a, he's a, he's a complete role player and uh, hoping to see him knock down a shot some too. Yeah. The, the TV announcers um, threw in a little Dennis Rodman reference when they were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that. Yeah. It's like that. Mm -hmm. So exciting to, you know, kind of talk to all the guys after the game and it was like, everybody embraces their role. They really do. In the press conference, you could tell like, if Brody goes for 30 or Caden goes for 30 or Kyle goes for 20 or Colin goes for 25, like it's not going to surprise anybody. And then we're, that's, it's just going to be a revolving door of leading score this year, which is going to be cool. It's going to be fun to watch. Yeah. Well, you got any other final thoughts on uh, this uh, Charlotte game before we move on to uh, the Myrtle beach invitational? No, I mean, you kind of consider this the first game of the season. Almost. Yep. Um, you kind of throw out that, that opening game. Um, I didn't ask Kyle, but you know, you know, last year they went from Regent to Alabama first two games this year. wasn't quite the extreme. I kind of like that kind of playing someone that's a little bit closer to you, but I'm excited to see, you know, how Nick, you were talking about like this tournament coming up is it's mid majors. And so I feel like you get on a nice little roll here and things are going to be looking up for the season. Yeah. I, I, got on a rabbit hole of Furman today for about like an hour. So uh, I'm excited to talk about Furman and the rest of the Myrtle Beast Invitational. But first, a word from Experience Leesburg. 
It's real Florida. It's old Florida, and it's close to all of the Central Florida attractions, crystal clear natural springs, and one of the largest chain of lakes. The beautiful lakefront city of Leesburg offers the best in outdoor adventures, fishing, and quaint shops and restaurants on historic downtown Main Street. Come visit and see how welcoming a hometown city feels. Experience Leesburg the way Florida is meant to be. All right. Well, thank you to Experience Leesburg. New sponsor here, Chad, right? Of Asia Red. Yeah, we got to get down there. Looks like a great place. I know. Looks like a, a great time to be had by all. All right. Let's get into the Myrtle Beach Invitational because, uh, man, I'm excited about this tournament. Really excited about Furman. We'll, we'll do, go through a little bit more. I'll give you some of my, uh, you know, news and notes from my, my deep dive of Furman. But, Will, let's start with you. What's your kind of overall thoughts on this tournament? Liberty is, I assume, the favorite going in. Uh, Furman's probably the next favorite. So pretty much whoever wins that game is going to probably be heavily favored. Um, game two, uh, good, you know, 50-50 shot, pretty much you're playing Coastal uh, because if you win, you play the, the winner. You lose, you play the loser. Um, Coastal stinks, but they're on their home floor, so they get that nice little uh, cute advantage. Um, I don't know, Will, what's your overall thoughts of this tournament? Well, just for old time's sake, I wouldn't mind a game against Coastal Carolina. Um, I think that would be fun. <clears throat> um, you know, Wichita State has been a very successful program. Uh, a lot of these programs have St. Louis, Vermont, Charleston. Um, yeah, I'm just, you know, I don't have any, like, preference to what I would want to see. Like, I just think any of these games would be would be fun to watch. Chad? Yeah, just looking at Charleston down there at the, as the sixth highest rated in Kempom, and Charleston's like like a good team, a very good team. And I think it's awesome that they have all mid-majors. They're all good mid-majors, all mid-majors that can make a run in the tournament. Um, some longstanding, some more recent success. Uh, I do love that it's in Myrtle Beach. Uh, I think that that's uh, always a great place to wear red and blue. And uh, – yeah, I mean, I, John is uh, trying to talk me into driving up there on Thursday, and uh, that's a long trip for two games. But um, yeah, it should be should be a great a great little tournament. So I'm interested in Furman. I watched them play three games last year in the SoCon tournament. I got to go to that and watch them play. Um, Nick, I thought that they lost a lot from last year, but um, you've been doing the deep dive. What does Furman have? And uh, I mean, that's our first game. It's the the best two teams in the tournament play opening night. That could easily be one of our top top wins in the season or top games of the season. What has Furman got for us? Yeah, I'll get to Furman here in just just one second. Um, I got a couple of notes on some of the other teams, and then I'll, I got I got three whole slides on Furman. All right, so yeah, all right, let's get it. Let, so looking looking through this, the Ken Palm, like yeah, Charleston sixth, but I mean. They're like only 11 spots or 12 spots behind St. Louis. So they're they're one through six is really quality teams. So obviously Liberty at the top of the pat. Furman, we'll talk about them in a second. They're picked to win the SOCON. Uh, Wichita's picked to finish eighth in um, the American, uh, but still a super high, you know, Ken Palm ranking. St. Louis picked to finish sixth in the A-10. Vermont is picked to win America East. Charleston picked to win the Colonial. Um, wow. And then Wyoming and Coastal, uh, Wyoming back of the pack in the uh, 
Um, the oh, why am I losing it? What's UNLV's conference? Uh, Mountain West, one of my favorite conferences, losing it, and then Coastal uh, down year um, in the Sun Belt. So if we're talking about who would I want to play, I, I'm I want to play who's going to help our rating rankings the most. Like that's always where I'm going to go. So I I saw someone say something earlier today. Oh man, it really stinks that Liberty plays Furman in Game One. I'm like. Well, yeah, it kind of does. I mean, it feels like this should be the championship game, but you also are guaranteed to play Furman. If Furman's on this side of that bracket, you know, you could win. Someone loses and you never play them, and that's a huge game. Win or lose, that's going to be a huge game for your resume. Um, I, I Coastal's going to have a little bit of a boost because it's going to be a, a true road game, so it's going to help your net a little bit more than facing a team that's, you know, 250th-ish. But, I mean, Wichita State, it's a French top 100 team and Wichita is going to have a lot of opportunities this year because they play Florida Atlantic twice. They play Memphis twice. They play UAB twice in, in the AAC. So I would love to have Wichita just because I think that could be a, another really big numbers boost. And then the championship, I mean, Vermont or Charleston or, or St. Louis, any of those would be good. The only teams you really probably don't want to play is Wyoming and Coastal. But Coastal, again, you do get that they they will call it a true road game because it is their home arena, so it helps a little bit more. But those are the two teams that won't help your metrics as much as uh, uh, as everyone else. But um, yeah, I'm excited about this. All right, so Furman, uh, this team is uh, 92nd in Ken Palm. Again, you're you're really kind of this is so early in the year. This is a very big estimate, but. Um, like you mentioned, they're coming off that 28 and 8 season where they won the regular season and the conference tournament. They beat Virginia. That's their first uh, NCAA tournament win since 1974. They, even though they lost two of their best players, they're still picked to win the conference this year. Uh, their first game, they defeated our, our old pal, uh, Alexander, Casey Alexander, by uh, 23 points. Wow. Uh, so that was pretty impressive. And this is maybe the most impressive stat. I didn't realize this. I know Bob Ritchie's a really good coach. They have finished top 100 in Ken Palm in all seven seasons he's been there. And you might be like, oh, well, top 100. Liberty hasn't done that. I mean, Liberty had had one season where we were like 125th. To have that level of consistency at a mid-major is just really remarkable. And that that's what really got me excited about this. Looking a little bit more at their style over the last couple of years. Very efficient offense, very high volume three point shooting. Uh, so yeah, I mean they're kind of like a mirror of Liberty, except they play a little bit faster and they haven't been as good defensively. I think that's what has set Liberty apart. Is Liberty's defense has been ranked just um, um, a little bit higher. But two players I wanted to uh, to point out from them. First one, Marcus Foster, six four guard. He's really like a well balanced player. He can score, rebound, doesn't turn the ball over, could force some steals. Um, he's preseason um, all SOCON. He was actually ranked number one in that conference in the Ken Palm offensive rating. So, again, very efficient player. Um, he shot four of nine against Virginia in that NCAA tournament win, and then he had a really nice game, 16.7 rebounds, two assists against Belmont. And then there's um, – oh, man, I'm going to butcher this poor guy's name. J.P. Uh, – um, JP Pagus, I think. I, I, I know I'm. One. I know I'm saying it wrong, but this is this is the dude that hit the shot against Virginia last year. He hit the three at the with two seconds left. But he's also preseason all SoCon. Uh, last year in that tournament that you were at, Chad, 
he was the player of the year. He was the player of the tournament. Scored 63 points in those three games. Um, and then he just had 23-9 and nine in their win over Belmont. So, again, this is a really, really good Furman team. Um, I, I kind of, the more I looked at them, I'm like, yeah, I think Kim Palm, I think my, my guy Kim Palm might got this a little bit wrong. This is probably more of like a top 60 team than a, you know, a team ranked 92nd. And I think as the year goes on, I think their ratings will continue to go up. Yeah, I was, I was wondering, uh, since it's neutral, if they are top 100, are they considered quad one for a neutral? Top 50. So, again, and, and just to clarify, net is what we go by for your quad system. But you won't, we, won't see, we won't see our first net ranking until um, until mid-December. If And the reason they do this, for anyone who cares, is if the NCAA released their nets right now, you'd have like some crazy team like number one or in the top five. You, you need more than a couple of days of data. The Ken Palm rankings that we're seeing right now has previous data from previous years. So Liberty gets a huge boost because of Richie McKay. So does Furman because they've you know been a top 100 team for seven straight seasons. So you get some of that. They also try to do a little bit of projecting with um, uh, where guys are um, uh, rated as uh, um, as prospects and whatnot um, as recruits. So it's a little bit more at this point a still a guesstimate and then Ken Palm by the time you get into January it becomes true to its this season so yeah. but but again so sorry so net top 50 is a quad one I believe top 100 is quad, quad two so yeah. I mean you're still I mean you still have a chance to you still have a chance to pick up three you could have three games at the end of the week that are at least quad two or better there's a good chance um um Furman ends up being a quad one and the net typically does give the mid majors a little bit more of a boost than Ken Palm has. Um, if you remember last year, Liberty was higher in net than Ken Palm. That's from my, from what I've seen, that does 10. I think you did. They probably get roughly maybe a 10 or 15 spot boost. A lot of, a lot of times there's a lot of other factors into it, but I, I think Furman actually has a chance to be a quad one team. So what I hear you saying, Nick, is, um, and that's really great information because I felt like I just sat in a class. Um, <laughs> but to get this win is not only a good win now, but it could be an even better win later on. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, I mean, Larry's not going to get a lot of quad one opportunities. Yeah. And it, it's almost like, the quad system is a little flawed. Uh, I'll be completely honest because while like Furman on the road is if they're like 49 at the end of the year, that's still a really, really good win. But that's like this. It, it's the same win as if you go and win at Duke. Right. I mean, like that's not exactly the same. Um, I don't know if you, if you beat Duke at home it would be the same, but it, it still, it still has a absolutely be a, a huge win at the end of the year. Um, you don't get these opportunities. So, I mean, Liberty's going to have a couple. I think Florida Atlantic is for sure going to be a quad one because that's a true road game. You only have to be top 75 for that. Um, Charleston, probably quad two. But, I mean, again, you stack those up. You really, we're not expecting Liberty. And, I, you know, 
all bets are off. You never know things could happen, but we're not expecting them to compete for an actual at-large bid. But you, when you're talking about if you win the CUSA tournament, you want to look, you want to have a better resume than the Furmans. <laughs> Um, because those are the teams you're competing with for the 11 seeds, the 12 seeds, the 13 seeds. And if you just look at the records over the course of, of the NCAA tournament the last 20 years, the, the, the higher seed you are, it increases your chances of winning that first game by like five to 10%. So, um, you know, it, it, it's really huge in terms of giving yourself an actual chance of making a sweet 16 instead of, you know, needing to pull off a miracle to get to the sweet 16. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, all right, I'm, I'm going to shift gears here really quick off the Lenardi bracketology stuff. I, I, I love that, and that's why I asked the question, but I forgot. To, in the season. Yeah, I forgot to mention something about the Charlotte game that was pretty important. It was when, uh, first of all, Darius McGee's name was said in the post-game press conference over 20 times, okay? When people were asking questions, every question was, hey, without Darius, without Darius, now that Darius is gone, and I just wanted to say, I, I forgot to mention this, probably the takeaway from that game for everybody, for every Flames fan was, oh, we can do this without Darius. I saw that 67 by our name and know that Darius contributed to that 67 by, you know, our last year's data. So it's like this year's team, are we really that good? And I, I left leaving that gym thinking, yes, we're that good. Yes, we can be better than we were without Darius. And it was just a huge sigh of relief because he was so good. It's just like, you know, I think everybody, players involved in everything, everybody just left that gym thinking, okay, we can do this. You know, they probably had a little bit more confidence than I did. But as a fan, that was our first opportunity to see because Mid-Atlantic, you can't tell anything. But uh, Charlotte, that's a good team. And it was a great opportunity for us to prove – a launching pad is what one what somebody told me there. They're like, this is a launching pad win for us because it gives us confidence that we can do this without without number two in the, on in, in a Liberty jersey. So just want to point that out. Literally every question was about Darius, and it was like, I hope this isn't all season, but I kind of got it when I was thinking back. I got it. Like that was our first opportunity to play without him. So I get all of them asking those questions. Um, so just want to throw that out there. And this is another opportunity. Furman, a great team potential quad one uh you know if we can compete without Darius in that one too it kind of solidifies what I'm saying about the Charlotte win was the Charlotte win a fluke or um is this team really a great team without number two so um you know I I felt like what I saw is going to translate to a phenomenal season um but you know it was only one game so a little grain of salt but it was a kind of a big point from the Charlotte game yeah that Hey, that's a really good point, Chad, because, you know, in the past, if we were going to play a team as good as Furman, you were thinking, hey, Darius has got to go off and score 40 points. If we're going to, you know, we're going to stay close, but Darius has got to carry the team on his back. And this is just an opportunity to see, hey, where where are we now? Um, You know, we saw where we were with Charlotte. Is that something that's going to be a consistency with this team to that level of play? Yeah, I don't think it's who steps up. Like, who's going to be our leading scorer all year? Is it going to be mm-hmm. Kyle Road? I think it's like of the four or five guys that have that potential, which one of them's night is it going to be? You know, that's kind of the, the mindset right now. I think this game against Furman will be Liberty's best mid-major game since Lipscomb in 2019. Wow. I think, I think it's... I think it'll be that at the end. I think at the end of the year, I think people are going to go, wow, 
that was a huge game. I, I think that you're going to have the team that, that that's competing for the Conference USA, team is competing for the SOCON, both maybe those mid-major darlings that maybe they're not, you know, NCAA at-large teams, but they're the teams you keep seeing on Bracketology, 12 seed, 12 seed, and you're like, hey, we, we saw those teams play each other. And uh, I would be shocked if uh, if Thursday morning you start seeing a little John Rothstein tweet under the radar game to watch and some other guys. I know our guy Rocco Miller is going to be there. Excited to uh, hear what he has to say. He's going to be there for uh, the Furman game and then uh, whoever Liberty plays the next day. We're going to try to get him on next week and uh, get get boots on the ground um, and, and hear what he has to say. Let Nick, me, let me transition. Sorry, oh, Chad. Let me. Chad, this is for you, Chad. I have a okay, question for you. I'm sorry. Um, cause Nick brought up, uh, Rothstein and, uh, love it when we see Rothstein, like mention Liberty or other mid majors and things like that with those under the radar, uh, you know, matches Chad, why does Chris Vanini hate Liberty? <laughs> he gave us a, he gave us a really solid tweet today. I don't know if you saw, but he said that I did not was, see that. Yeah. He backpedaled everything he said all season long and basically said, Hey, it's time. Liberty's 10 and 0. They just beat a good Sunbelt team. It's time to rank them. So why does Vanini uh, – I, I think he kind of backpedaled. I think it was good for the the uh, the uh, for Emily and Matt and Joe to have him on their podcast. It kind of mended some bridges uh, there. But I think he's just, you know, I don't know. I don't think he has anything out for Liberty. He's just uh, – he's an Atlantic writer or athletic writer, and, you know, they're trying to – trying to make sure that they get it right and something you just can't get it right all the time. But uh, he did backpedal and, and sent out a really nice uh, tweet today. Okay. Uh, what I was going to say is, uh, Nick, I know you're not a football guy, but uh, this is a uh, – we are returning to Coach Jamie Chadwell's uh, previous school. There is no love lost for that. He brought the whole staff. Their team's not doing good anymore. Um, he went to a, what they considered a lateral move for money. Um, so it's not, you know, there's still some really great people down that support coastal and, you know, I've, I've actually grown to like coastal just saying, if you're going out to eat and you're at the tournament and you're wearing your Liberty gear, just, uh, keep your head on a swivel a little bit for a flying dish or something like that. So, uh, just wanted to bring that into the pod because it's, not basketball, but uh, and Nick alluded to it earlier. I mean, Will alluded to it earlier. Uh, you know, these big South days, Coastal was never really good in basketball, but it was always beat Coastal every day. Like you wore your beat Coastal shirt, it was it was awesome. So there is that little aspect that that could make that second round, but it, you are in Conway, so um, just be careful wearing your Liberty gear out there. I don't know a lot about football. I did have money on the Flames yesterday, though. Had money on them. And uh, we we won a little bit on that, so that was good. Uh, I will say, uh, Conference USA is a heck of a lot better than the Sun Belt, though. So we got that going for us. Uh, uh, so yeah, I uh, yeah, I'm gonna. Wear, I I want to see Wichita just because of the number, but it would be it would be great just to smack Coastal on their home floor, wouldn't it? Oh man, it would be yeah more than great. But you know what? Like when we moved to conference USA, you're focused on the basketball piece of it. And that was a huge jump from like what 20 rated conference to 11th rated conference, the football, they're like 10 out of 10 or 11 out of 11. Like it's one of the worst football conferences. So like doing well in basketball and representing conference USA and basketball is so important because it makes the move even better to conference USA. So it is like the, 
the golden star of moving to Conference USA is basketball. So, uh, you know, how we fare against the SOCON and the and, and all the tournaments, there, all the conferences represented in this tournament, it's a phenomenal tournament. And, and John's going to, you know, come Wednesday night, John's going to say, all right, we're going. So I have a feeling we'll be down in Myrtle Beach and uh, it should be a good one. Awesome. Uh, before we uh, wrap this up today, let's just kind of give you a quick uh, look at what else is coming up for Liberty after this tournament. Uh, we'll kind of do this every week. I'm not going to go too far. But, yeah, Liberty, I mean, there's there's really no rest uh, up until uh, – really up until uh, uh, New Year's, and then you're into Conference USA play. So after this tournament, you do have uh, Maryland Eastern Shore at home. That's pretty much uh, uh, a guarantee game. But then you have that tournament with Charleston and Mississippi Valley. Grand Canyon, who had a really dominant win today. They look really good early in the year. Uh, Utah Valley is a sneaky, uh, tough game on the road. And then Alabama. So it's really going to be a, a fun challenge. I, I just I love this non-conference schedule. I know I, I say it every week, so I'm sorry, sorry about that. Uh, but uh, also, let's take a look at what's going on with Conference USA. Uh, some other teams in action this week, if you're keeping an eye on it. Uh, FIU, who I think if there's one team that might end up on the wrong side of that 300 Ken Palm ranking, it might be FIU from what I'm seeing. They're at uh, uh, Miami. They're a top 50 team tomorrow. Uh, Middle Tennessee, they got a, a, a interesting, you know, not a huge test, but Western Carolina, they're top 150. As I mentioned earlier, they're playing all f- their first five games at home. Uh, Jacksonville State, they are at West Virginia on Tuesday. Western Kentucky at Murray State on Tuesday as well. Uh, then the rest of the week, uh, Sam Houston, they are at, at Old Miss on Friday. And then uh, FIU actually starts a tournament uh, in the Grand Cayman Islands uh, on the 19th. That's kind of what we're watching this week. Um, looking forward. I've just been enjoying watching a lot of these Conference USA games. It's, uh, it's a fun feel. And I think people, I, I, I think more of, you know, not the weirdos like me. I think when we get into Conference USA play, and we see some of these actual games, I think people are going to be like, wow, this is a different level than, than what we've mm-hmm. seen before. And I think people are really, really going to get excited when they see Western Kentucky or or whoever come to Liberty Arena or see playing on the road, some of these teams on the road. They'll be like, wow, these games have a lot more intense feel than, than some some of the the um, um, the A-Sun games. Because there, there were some A-Sun games that, it did have some pretty good atmosphere. I don't want to, you know, say everyone was just a, you know, um, a, a stinker, but but uh, I think there's going to be a lot a better feel, and I think people are really going to enjoy that. Since the regular season means nothing for us this year, like literally nothing, uh, not even in IT. One thing that I would like to see happen this regular season is to play and beat Pat Kelsey twice. That'd be incredible. I, I was that you brought up the opportunity last week on the the introduction show. Like I hadn't even thought about that, but make it to the championship of this Myrtle Beach tournament and play Charleston, Charleston, and then go down there a couple weeks later and uh, play them in that FAU. I would love to beat Pat Kelsey. Like you talk about some good Big South teams. Those Winthrop teams were very good, and Pat well, has them rolling down there in Charleston now. So I follow him on social media and his our city stuff. Like I think it's good. I think it's working. But it's so annoying to me just because of the Winthrop ties. But I kind of pull for him. But at the same time, it's very annoying. And I know he's a Cincinnati guy. And I know you guys have the Reds and this, that, and the other. But I would love to beat Pat Kelsey twice. So if there's a regular season championship, it is 
playing Charleston twice and beating them twice for me. So, because unfortunately there's no home court advantage for the tournament. There's no NIT. We're not a two bid league right now, which most, most are projecting. We're not a two bid league right now. So regular season is just about peaking at the right time and staying healthy and beating Pat Kelsey twice. So Pat Kelsey, he follows me on Maine. I know he does. I know he does. You guys, I don't, I don't know if I want to put a cross. So, hey, coach, you want to come on my Liberty show? He's probably like so confused. Like, what is going on here? I, I follow you to know what's going on with Ellie De La Cruz, bro. Um, <laughs> I, I will, I will push back on one thing though. I do think the regular season actually means a lot for the NIT now, uh, because we're playing for an at large bid. And last year, Liberty was an at large bid in the NIT, and there's going to be more at large spots open up. I honestly think that the NIT rule as terrible as it is could actually benefit Liberty because I think Liberty is going to take some of those spots that might go to like a team like a Radford or something like that. Um, if Liberty finishes third in conference USA on, on a given year. So I do think that, that the, the regular season, every game is going to really matter towards that. Now, is that really worth, you know, putting all your stock in all year long? Probably not. Um, but, uh, and I do love neutral site tournaments. I know I just kind of railed on everything about it, but I love neutral site. I cannot wait um, for the conference tournament and play in those three days. And, you know, it kind of stinks that you have to re reel off three in a row, um, you know, <laughs> three days in a row. But I, I do love uh, I do love a neutral site tournament. So um, not all is lost. And, and, you know, really the regular season just gives us fans something to talk about and be about and do about and, chat about on Twitter. So that's what it's all about anyways, is just giving everybody something to talk about and be about and players good opportunities to play in good games. So at least we have that going for us with this year's non-con that you keep talking about. I love it. And, and not, not to be a totally sore subject, but if you look over the last couple of years, the hope Liberty's lost the games on their home court and they've won games on the road in these conference tournaments and on the neutral. So, I mean, yes, it is an advantage. There's no question about it. But I, I almost wonder if you are the number one dog. Like, like let's, let's say I don't think it's going to happen this year because I think Middle Tennessee and I think Louisiana Tech are going to be legitimate competitors with Liberty, and I think there's other teams that could get up there. But let's just say that Liberty does pull ahead of the pack, and they are the, you know, they're minus money to win the tournament. <laughs> it almost could be easier to play on a neutral than having to play in front of your home fans. I was just watching on TV, Chad, last year. It felt like the weight of the world. Like that Eastern Kentucky game when, when Liberty got down, it felt like the, the weight of the world was on that team in that game. And it almost feels like it could take away some pressure. Yeah, I agree. Totally, totally agree. Yeah. I think the way McKay coaches too and the way he rallies his team is uh, – you know, he doesn't say this much publicly, like in press conferences and stuff. And he's not really ever said it to me either. But you got to think behind closed doors. Richie loves a good us versus them. Lock the lock the cage. We're in a neutral site. Nobody's giving us a chance. Um, so he can do that a lot easier on a neutral site. And I think it gets the guys going. And I think they embrace that. I mean, like I like I started off this whole segment talking about we're bad off the bus. And, we, you know, nobody's giving us a chance when we walk in to a neutral site. Like those guys, 
where is it at? Somewhere at Huntsville, Alabama. Huntsville. They're going to be like all those locals in Huntsville are going to be, wait, this is the number one seed. So there could be a chip on our shoulder from, from the get. And uh, yeah, I, I agree. I think it's easier to win in a neutral site like that because other teams are dealing with it too, but it, it takes that pressure off. Like the, the rim doesn't get quite as small, quite as fast on, on a neutral site because at home, if you're missing, you're like, uh Oh, uh Oh. Yeah. And then the fans, you can hear the moans. Like, oh, you know, when Darius wasn't doing well last year, I forget which game it was. I think it was, uh, it was anyway. So yeah, I think, uh, yeah, great point about that. That quiet of man, yeah. we are not scoring is just as loud as yeah, you know exactly right. Those big threes. Exactly right. so. Christian, that Charleston game is a flow hoops game. Disgusting. Oh, man. yeah, disgusting. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for this uh, this week. Uh, one question for you, Chad, before we wrap this up: Are you going to print the t-shirts bad off the bus i mean i think like that's the next we got dudes bad i'm gonna take so much heat for that i haven't checked my phone but i'm gonna take so much heat for that uh just because you know it's kind of a it's kind of a belittling and uh no pun intended but i'm i'm uh you know wait just uh, what, what do they say in football they say put the ball down like, that's it. Like, you can talk all you want, say what we look like, what we're – but put the ball down and let's play. That's the same thing with this team. Like, in warm-ups, in pre-games, but throw the ball up, and I like our guys. I like Caden and Colin in the backcourt, 5'9", doesn't matter. Throw the ball up, and when they start defending you and locking you up and, and you can't stay in front of them, then you're like, oh, well, I guess uh, I guess size really – you know, it's not, not that important here in this game of basketball like it used to be, so – um, yeah, <laughs> bad off the bus. I'm going to catch so much flack for that, but yeah, was Caillou on the bus? Yeah. Caillou looks good. Now Caillou's just a rebounder in warmups. So it doesn't really help much. He doesn't take off his street clothes, but he is impressive. Like he is impressive and he will help us get a little better off the bus. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. All right. Well, looking forward to this tournament. Uh, we will let you know, we'll, we'll try to come back sometime after this tournament. Obviously, it wraps up on Sunday, so we won't be doing uh, our normal Sunday night next week. But we'll try sometime after the tournament, uh, before the next game, to uh, before the tournament, and then before uh, the next tournament with FAU in Charleston, uh, to uh, to come talk to you guys and uh, let you know where things are at. Uh, appreciate you, Will. Appreciate you, Chad, jumping on for Jason Porter Real Estate for Ironclad Coffee course for experience leesburg this is nick kirby thanks for joining us for the sea of red basketball podcast